Welcome to Hunt Harvest Health, the podcast with your host, Ryan Lampers, a.k.a. The Stealthy Hunter. Howdy. And myself, Dr. Hillary Lampers, where we share our love for ancestral living and the health topics of the modern age. Ryan is the well-rounded bearded brawn of Hunt Harvest Health. His knowledge of backcountry adventure, western hunting, and our household status as garden guru and super dad really defines our gut stealthy lifestyle. Doc Hillary is definitely the brains and beauty behind all of this. She kind of makes everything happen as I have zero technical skills. Hill is just a wealth of knowledge in all things medicine and nutrition, which not only keep our family healthy, but they help me stay strong in all my mountain adventures. You can follow us at huntharvesthealth.com, Instagram, and Facebook for more podcasts, recipes, and stories. We appreciate all the five-star reviews that you, the listeners, have shared on iTunes. Myself and Stealthy Honor will be enjoying and selecting a review for each podcast. If we read your review on the air, please email us at lampersatstealthyhunter.com to get your official Hunt Harvest Health t-shirt or tank. All right, today's review comes from Ryan. Okay, so today's review is from E. Siegley underscore itsm, E-S-E-I-G-L-E-Y underscore I-T-S-M. Incredible podcast. I first subscribed to get an insider scoop on bow hunting, but since have learned so much about how to take care of arguably your number one variable on a hunt, which is your own body. The way Ryan and Doc Hillary come across is not only insightful, but inspirational as well. If you're reading this, go ahead and do yourself a favor and give it a listen. You will be glad you did. Great work, Ryan and Hillary. Blessings to you. Cool. Well, eat sigly, it's some. Do yourself a favor and email us at lamfers at stealthyhunter.com to get your stealthy swag. All right, let's do this. Welcome back to the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. So today's podcast, we uh, I sat down with the fellas from this year's 2017 Idaho wilderness hunt that we went on. Um, we flew into an area and had 10 days to, uh, see what we could come up with, uh, in one of the greatest wilderness areas in the United States, in my opinion. Yeah, this was a fun one. We actually all met up down at, uh, one of the firehouses that one of the guys works at. That was, we have a few issues with some noise, a few alarms going off here and there. And also the sound on this is probably not going to be very good simply because we sat around and talked into a microphone. We didn't each have headsets on. So it might be a little bit different there. No, fun, fun podcast. Just telling the stories, how we went about that hunt and what happened on the hunt and, you know, hearing about each guy's story on how he killed the buck that they killed. And, you know, we had... Everybody tagged out there. Like I said, there were six of us. Uh, we all got our deer and then, um, we got an elk as well. One of the guys had an elk tag. So, um, just a fun conversation talking about a hunt and yeah, just getting to share that camp with, uh, guys that we've met through train to hunt. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I met Jeff Lusk through it, Scott Carr through it, and that translated into meeting Paul Haller and Eric Forslund. So enjoy the podcast. It's just, uh, all of us guys telling stories. 
All right, howdy folks. Welcome back to the Hunt Harvest Self podcast. Uh, today, I think we've wrapped up our 2017 season. And uh, what I think we wanted to do at this point is get a bunch of stories out there. And probably the one, uh, the one trip that we were, I don't know, we looked forward to the most this year was uh, our big trip into Idaho and it was a big wilderness trip. Six guys going in, flying in to an area where um, we had never been into, but we had high hopes, um, you know, trying to find big old bucks back there. So six dudes, this was not a solo trip by any stretch. Um, and so what we're going to do today is just kind of tell our story, talk about it, and kind of go one by one, what everybody thought of the trip and how it worked out for them. So I guess... First thing, let's go around the room and introduce everybody. Uh, Jeff? Yep, Jeff Lusk. Uh, met these guys through Train to Hunt, really, uh, Ryan and Scott. And it's been branched out from there. You know, Eric and Paul are buddies of mine, and I brought them in, trying to get them to do a Train to Hunt this year. So now there's pressure on them for that. <laughs> and then I uh, met Joey. And just to be clear, Jeff, Eric, and Paul have been on a podcast i don't remember what number it was 36 36 Thank and we talked i looked about, at it yesterday at yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that trip um they had a pretty cool trip in nevada this year where uh paul had a tag and so um they've been on the podcast before yes i'm eric forslin and i've been hunting with uh jeff and paul for four or five years now and then met joey and ryan and scott through jeff and uh Definitely was a pleasure getting to know those guys up in the... Yeah, I'm Paul. Um, been hanging out with Jeff and Eric for a few years now and met these guys uh, through Jeff, just like we've said a few times, and uh, here we are today. The Scott Carr. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm Scott Carr. I, uh, you know, I'm just, um, I'm thankful to have been able to make this trip with these guys. You know, it's another... I don't know what you want to call it, blessing, I guess, because of doing Train to Hunt and the life changes that I think that that has afforded me and the, uh, the fellowship, meeting so many good people, Ryan and Jeff. Of course, I know them through Train to Hunt and getting to meet Haller and, and Forslund here and and Joey. And it's just been, um, just every time I turn around, the new opportunities that have come because of social media and trained to hunt and it's just awesome so i'm just happy to be here and and uh thankful yeah i'm uh joey pyburn i'm ryan's cousin yeah man what a great great bunch of guys um again kind of all thrown together for whatever reason it just ended up being an amazing hunt and uh i look forward to doing it again we've got a couple guys here that are just total comedians um <laughs> pretty funny dudes good guys to have in camp to keep the mood light and then we had the Beast and Scott Carr, a fun group of guys to be out there with. Now, this was a trip we had scheduled 10 days to go out there. You know, that's a long time, but this country, I think we assumed we'd probably hit some weather, get some fog, we might be pinned down. Um, you know, we just didn't know what was going to happen. So we all kind of scheduled 10 days for this, which, you know, is to be on the safe side. And it, when it all panned out, we needed every one of those days because we, uh, yeah, we just had a hard time getting some critters out. But um, yeah, let's let's see. How did this hunt start? So you guys 
uh, Jeff, Eric, Paul, Scott, they got in there a couple days prior to Joe and I, and um, there were already some animals down when we got there. So let's talk about how this hunt started. Um, who got first crack? So actually, when you guys had gotten here, we had not killed anything yet. No. We helped the guy on the strip pack out his buck on the second or third day, and I shot mine on the fourth day. Okay. We hadn't killed anything by then. Well, so, the same, yeah, the same day he shot that buck was the day I shot my bull. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we, we came in. It was Monday. We came in and we yes. left. We disappeared right away. Yeah. yeah. So yep. We, yep. We, yeah. Okay. That's yep. right. Yeah. But yeah, so we helped an old timer that had shot a buck, yep. um, pack a buck out. And uh, later that evening, we went out. And the next day was when I shot mine on day four. What did you guys receive? So... <laughs> yeah. a we got yeah a handshake what, we got two are they cherry pies cherry pies yeah cherry pies two cherry pies and yeah cold tours and three quarters and, and, and yeah the beer was yeah. great yeah. <laughs> nice. so that's what we got in return yeah it was a guy that was just an older guy and he actually shot it across right off the strip right off the strip and yeah. we helped him out and uh and uh yeah he was pretty thankful it was, yeah, it was actually it was good that goes into this big wilderness is um Roughing it. Is Scott Car fit, I guess. <laughs> so, um, you know, some guys go in there every year and you get some older gentlemen that set up these giant camps and they just expect to see animals off the strip. Mm -hmm. And every year they kill animals off the strip. Yeah. They may not be the giants that, you know, yeah. we kind of go for, but. That was a pretty nice buck, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good nice it was a good and That was the night that we got some weather. A twenty seven one thirty nine seventy one zero three Avenue Northeast. A well, we could just. I think it just adds one. to it. We, <laughs> we could just tell everybody where we're at. One zero three Avenue yeah. Northeast. Yeah. We're, 11, we'll let this clear up. You're yeah. good now. We're at the Kirkland Firehouse <laughs> doing the podcast. Getting all of us together was. Uh, I knew it was going to be a challenge. Um, I wasn't sure it was going to happen, but. Yeah, we, we all met up. Scott took the drive up here a few hours to record this. And, yeah, we're at a firehouse. So there's going to be some interruptions. Hopefully no major emergencies or big fires. But um, so there anyway. we want to go. What's that? If there is, we want to go. Yeah, right. We'll <laughs> shut this down and go for it. But, um, well, and the, so the, the old timer that you guys gave a hand to, um, that's the same group that flew in. Almost 3,000 pounds. Yeah. 2,900 pounds a year. At 50 stuff. cents a pound. Yeah. 900 pounds of firewood. Yeah, so they had two extra pies to give you guys for your for your good deed. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, going there since the 70s, he's learned that uh, pies are a necessity for mountains. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I see, that's the last thing I was thinking about when I was packing up my gear was right. a pie yeah. or anything like that. I didn't even bring one pie. No? No. I didn't even... <laughs> I didn't even bring a Snicker bar. <laughs> no. no, we brought the the need to haves. They brought the nice to haves. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think when we started this hunt, you know, we all are. Everybody had probably different expectations, but kind of the plan. I think the overall plan was, you know, get on the strip, learn some new country. Like I said, nobody had ever been here. Um, it was just going to be a learning experience for all of us, and we knew, um, you know, big bucks. Not that we were all going for giant bucks, but, you know, we all try to get as mature of a buck as we can. But, uh, you know, big bucks are going to be tough to locate and find. And 
you know, getting away from areas that get looked at a lot was going to be difficult. You know, some of these trips, I don't know, there's what, 20, 30 camps. And, um, our strip was loaded with people. So we, uh, you know, definitely had the plan and intention of putting some miles on between the strip and where we were going to hunt, at least just covering a lot of country to, uh, try to find some good bucks. That was the plan. And, um, you know, it worked out. We, we had great weather. I mean, it was phenomenal. Gorgeous. I could have gone for a little bit more snow. A little bit more snow. I, uh, I mean, it was, it was easy weather to yeah. deal with. It was cold. Um, but man, we had a lot of sunny days, a little bit of snow, not much, but we could definitely get up into the snow, mm-hmm. um, if we wanted to. So well, that weather and fog cost me a chance at a nice buck. Yeah. Did it? That day when we yeah. all hiked up there. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that was the one day. It was it was pretty kind of a rough there. day. Yeah, if we wouldn't have that fog, mm-hmm. we would have got that buck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool part is my buddy ended up killing. Somebody yeah. got that buck. Yeah, we <laughs> ended up seeing <laughs> nice. I never told him that. <laughs> we all had deer tags. There was one guy that had an extra tag and an elk tag. Um, that was Scott. Yeah. Tell us that story. How'd that go? Well, first off, let me say this. We we all were actually hoping to get elk tags, but we put it off. And this year in Idaho, all the elk tags sold out. You know, probably about a week before we took off on our trip. We just thought most years there's always extra tags available. But I think Scott bought the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, seven days before we were going to leave, I thought... Man, I hope they don't run out of tags. So I just got online and said, well, we'll mail it to you within five to seven days. I was like, perfect. It'll be here. Yep. So I got online and ordered the tag. And yeah. It came on time, fortunately. So. Yeah, but, and uh, I think uh, that's kind of your animal, right? I just, yeah, I love elk. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, uh, I've never been a kind of a big mule deer guy, you know. So, yeah. um, but elk is. I remember our, our first hike, we were going and we were like, 12 miles back at this point and scott's like man all this for deer <laughs> he's 80 like, just, pounds of meat i just want to find an elk yeah. <laughs> well yeah there, it, it's not really known for a ton of elk um there's pretty decent numbers but um there was enough to hunt for sure and uh you found one yeah well thanks to you know uh paul and eric they spotted um that herd that had my bull in it and you came, came you came running back to camp <clears throat> yeah i was kind of dragging my feet that morning and and said get your butt and gear there's elk up the drainage here yeah so um now is it going to be any bull for you like any bull you saw well <laughs> day one <laughs> there was it some was, talk of this day one it was monster or nothing uh-huh. <laughs> day four it was like it's got horns i'm gonna go shoot it so <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um you know it was kind of kind of uh I didn't want to shoot something um, and then get everybody burned out packing out my elk. I mean, so I was perfectly content with go out, shoot it, pack it, do it myself, and let you guys do your thing. Um, so at that point, my standards had maybe come down a little bit. And I was willing to shoot a nice five-point bull, that's for sure. Sure. And uh, uh, it was a good hunt. I mean, we you know had to cover well, probably about six miles from the yeah from the start to finish and good climb in the middle and and uh good stock and and you know a nice 80 yard easy shot 
and pretty much dumped him in his tracks, you know, and fortunately he slid down the wrong side of the hill, but didn't go too far before he found a tree to hold him up. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to work, you know, I, I packed a couple loads out and then, and then, uh, Jeff and Paul and Eric helped with the front shoulders and the head. So that helped. Nice. So kind of worked out perfect because Scott had taken off on the elk and, uh, the the three of us were like, okay, well, let's go in deer mode now. Let's go, let's go see if we can find a buck for for somebody. And it was Paul. Was that your birthday? Uh, it was. Yeah, it was your birthday. It was the birthday, and it buck. was supposed to be Paul's birthday buck. Yeah. And we get on this uh, group of deer, and we're looking at a couple smaller four points, and we're like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And then Eric sees just an old, big bodied, giant, heavy two point. And Paul's birthday was non-existent. And he, he was up the hill. I mean, he was like Usain Bolt, did a 100-meter dash in like 10 seconds, got to the top of the hill, throwing his gun down. And uh, I'm looking at Paul like, sorry, bud. <laughs> at that point, I knew it was, I was just like, oh, Eric's going to sit and let him go. He's having fun. So, yep. And he, so, was, he was really excited about that buck. So Yeah, that was a buck that he wanted to kill. So Scott was on a stock. Eric's setting up on a deer, and then we couldn't find him. And I'll let Eric tell the rest of that, but... It worked out perfect in that sense of letting Scott go solo his elk, and yeah, we kind of went and chased bucks ourselves. I was a couple miles away, and I heard you guys shoot. I didn't know it was you, but I was like, oh, somebody got something over there. Mm-hmm. You know? hmm. Yeah, this, uh, you know, never being there before, we didn't really know what to expect, but um, I think after the first day or second day, we were all kind of talking, and um, Joe and I, that first evening, we showed up. We just kind of went around, you know, around the strip, and, man, we saw a lot of bucks. Yeah, we saw 20 bucks. 20 bucks and, like, 65 does or something like that. Crazy. It was a lot of deer, and that's not something that we're accustomed to seeing those kinds of numbers in Washington or even Montana or anywhere, really. Um, So it was a lot of numbers but a lot of smaller bucks, young bucks. We weren't seeing a whole lot of the older age class. But, you know, in that country, you know, we were kind of there early part of November. And so it wasn't like the rut was crazy, full on, going hardcore. You know, it still still had some time and uh, for those bigger bucks to migrate down. And, um, you know, we kind of realized right away we're going to have to put a few miles on. We're going to have to probably get up and get to the top end of where that snow line is and where it gets a little bit too deep where those bucks are not, you know, they're not going to come down, um, too quickly when there's still a few does up top to breed. So, um, that was kind of our right away. We, we kind of figured out we're going to, we're going to have to get some, get some elevation, get some miles on between us and, and the strip and, and go for it and, uh, go try to find something that we were wanting to fill, put our tag on. Yeah. And, um, when you see that many, bucks you know on on kind of down lower like that it's pretty exciting to think about what you're going to find once you get back in there you know just yeah pretty much big country there was a buck on the airstrip i think when we landed (laughs) yeah 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 pretty much everywhere you threw your glass up you were seeing a doe or two or a small buck um but definitely uh maturity wise there was a lot of smaller immature bucks down low that uh pretty much just crawl out of your your base camp 
your wall tent and uh, look up on the hill and find some smaller bucks. That was younger tough. bucks. That was tough for me because you could see twenty bucks, and you'd see a couple that were decent, you know, three, four year old deer, good four points, and yeah. not killing a lot of deer. You know, it's like, yeah, that's the biggest buck I'd ever kill. You know, right there. Yeah. And then you're like, well, the snow up there is two feet deep. Are they gonna be there? I don't know. Do you do you huff at the seven miles to figure it out, and then just to realize all the deer are actually right there? You're just not finding the big one. So it was kind of cool once we finally got to venture out to the higher country where there was a lot of snow to learn that, hey, deer do live in two feet of snow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very easily. Yeah, they're going to hold up high. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's one thing about that strip, you know, hunting off a strip like that is you could have, you know, you could wake up one morning and there could be a big buck just, you know, three or four miles up there. Um you know, doesn't mean they're not going to be there. They're going to be there eventually. They're going to they're going to move in there. Yeah, that's where the does are. That's where those big bucks. They'll get down there and breed all those does at a certain point. Um, but those bigger bucks, they sure seem to take their sweet time getting down into that lower country where the snow's not as deep. So they'll breed those upper does, those uh, stragglers that are you know they're hanging out up there with a foot, foot and a half of snow. You wouldn't think they'd be up there because there's not a lot of feed. It's not like there's grass. It's all snow. Um, but surprisingly enough, you still find a pretty decent amount of critters up there at a certain level. Seemed like they were more quality critters too. Might not yeah. be as many, but you might see three bucks. They're all good bucks. Yeah. Versus yep. twenty bucks that are all a year to four. Right. Yeah. Those older bucks are just not going to come down. You know as easily as those small bucks uh, it takes a lot it takes a lot of snow and uh and they got to smell some hot does yeah for sure so eric shot his buck yep. who's up next scott shot a bull scott Same shot day. his bull we talked yep. about it and then it was paul it was me then yeah yeah i'm trying to remember did eric get his buck after i got the bull the next day when i was i think when i was going back for the second load of meat I it think. was oh yeah you yeah, shot your bull we were going to help you and we got sidetracked yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we packed Eric's buck back to camp, mm-hmm. and then came I was up and coming out with my second load of meat. You when were you guys came up with to, the... You mean you didn't want to rip that bull out of there, Scott? No, no. That's <laughs> oh, disappointing. It's steep, rugged. <laughs> Had it not been so steep, he probably would have. I w- would have tried the heavier loads, and it would have been done in two trips at least. <laughs> but you I'll know, you what, when you're first... using your trekking poles to go downhill with no load. Yeah. You start talking 140-pound loads, it's it gets dangerous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's that one is. thing about that country is it's some of the roughest, steepest stuff I've I've ever been in, you know? It's just not easy to move around. No. No. Yeah, a little bit of, you know, the, slip, the snow and the slipping and sliding. And thank goodness you guys told me to bring those micro spikes because they were a lifesaver. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad yeah. I said something. Yeah, and then you didn't bring them. <laughs> yeah, those helped a lot. They were awesome. Yeah. Mine were in the truck. Yeah. Yeah, we we just kind of throw those in our pack on every hunt now, even even early season, you know, in the rain. Yeah, mud. Yeah, mud, you know, night nighttime hiking when everything's frozen on the trail, you know, that all helps. You know, slick, slippery grass, even during bear season, you know, I think you used them a lot, Joe. Yeah hunting bears up in the berry fields, um, you know, all that brush is aimed downhill and it gets slick and wet. And those micro spikes are a game changer. 
Oh man, they're amazing. I mean, I the first year I had them, I hunted the same bear country uh, the year before, and I shot a bear, and I had to get on my butt and just scooch my way like hundreds of yards down there. I like, couldn't stand up. <laughs> And with those micro spikes <laughs> on, you can just walk down the hill like no nothing. You know, you just walk down like awesome. you normally would. Yeah, yeah. This trip, we lived in those spikes. They we destroyed them. They I rarely just, came I, off our feet. I finally. I think we're somewhere paracorded, them. weren't they? Yeah, Ryan yeah. fixed them for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's surprising. Every time we wear those things, and we'll wear them in the rocks. We'll wear them, you know, on pack outs, heavy bags on. And, Sometimes you just don't take them off, even though you could. Yeah. And, uh, man, I don't know. Those things are so, I mean, practically bulletproof because I can't even tell you how many miles I've got in that one pair of micro spikes. And they just last forever. I think that's my third season on that one set. Yeah. So I'm, that's I'm happy to buy a pair of boots, too. This yeah. country finally, finally did some damage to them. But uh, it was just a lot of rocks, a lot of steep country, sharp rocks. And, um, Finally put a couple holes in those things. Yeah. Some gear was broken on this trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gnarly country for sure. So thankfully it was just gear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No you can buy new broken. gear. Yeah. I think there's a few holes in some sleeping bags too, wasn't there? Mm. Yeah. Two, one or two at least. Yeah. That sawtooth. The uh stove gets a little warm. <laughs> and sleeping bags, if you kinda set it up to dry and you just kind of flip it back over where you're sleeping and it just barely nicks that stove mm-hmm. and it's down feathers just like that Snow. were you able to fix that like just duct taped it. it yeah yeah i'm gonna get some better a tenacious uh, tape would be yeah, better the better yeah, tape roll that your pocket on there yeah slowly and let it hold so yeah we um this year we had a buddy offer up the sawtooth to let us borrow both of us yeah you guys too yeah gabriel Yep, yep. We had a neighbor who reached out and, you know, allowed us, Joe and I, to take one. And, you know, we've always used just little single, um, those MSRs, those hubbas. We've used those for, I don't know, 15 years probably. Yeah. And they work great. Um, but this country, not knowing what the weather was going to be like, um, you know, I've, I've definitely seen a lot of people, there's a lot of rage out there, the TVs and the stoves and all this. And they're, uh, so we wanted to give it a shot, test it out. So that's kind of what we went with. Now, we, uh, we definitely saw some advantages to having the TV. Um, but we found some significant disadvantages <laughs> to having a TV in that country. Um, there's definitely certain types of topography that it would, you know, it would be very nice to have. This was not that topography. This country is so steep that um, I know Joe and I, we found ourselves struggling to find what we called Kafaru Flats. Yeah. Like, you, it's got to be it's got to be a big area, and it's got to be flat to throw that sawtooth up. And typically, Joe and I just bomb around with camp on our back, and we don't have any problems. Because you know, those, hub, those hubbas, you can... They're skinny. They're little, so, you know... the. There's not much of a footprint. You can pretty much kick out, kick a, a kick a spot out on a steep hillside. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, Kafaru Flat <laughs> was, was a non-existent. <laughs> we we never a rare thing. We only found it one time, and that was like a 
somewhat of a camp area down on the river yeah. where people had, you know, there was a nice flat. We never found Kafaru <laughs> flat on the mountain. thousand feet to get where you want. Yeah. 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 yeah when you get off the river, Kafaru flats were a very rare, seldom seen place. And really, we, we, only, do, used, we only used the stove once. We did. One night, um, which was nice because we were sleeping in, in, in snow. There was snow inside. The it was cold. And it was cold in that horrible. But yeah, to be wow. quite honest, um, even in that situation where it's cold, there's a lot of snow. Uh, Joe and I, we've grown accustomed to just kicking out those hubbas and using those. Um, we would have definitely been just fine without the stove. Stove makes it nice for sure. Um, but it was cold. It wasn't wet. So we didn't have clothes to dry out. Yeah, I would have been more comfortable with our, our setup just mentally not having to that was kind of weird having to worry about like where where are we going to put this thing well yeah you find yourself glassing off the top of some peak somewhere and um and then you know it's getting close to dark and you're thinking well we don't have a spot picked out yet and we got everything on our back where are we going to go and that was an issue i just kept thinking eventually we're going to have to use this thing as, as a tarp, tarp. Yeah. and just stretch it over whatever little tiny spot we can find and yeah. sleep on the ground. Cause, um, you know, the, the two places that we did set that thing up back there, one was in a, like a boulder field. Yeah. <laughs> and miraculously we found like the one spot, I think in that entire valley where it somewhat worked. Yeah. Like, that was in the snow there in that picture. Yeah. You posted. Yeah. 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 And the next spot was actually like on the top of a knob. So it was like, you know, the picture looks like it's kind of flat, but you don't see the inside. It's a roll. Inside (laughs) is the the top of the knob. So it was like you're sleeping on a giant egg, you know? Yeah. It's about how ours was. Yeah, we were on top of a knob. Right on that ridge there. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a saddle crossing. It's flat enough. Yeah. I mean, we, I'd slid down a little bit. I'd wake up and my sleeping bag would be wet from the rain. Or hmm. Foot's hanging outside the sawtooth and mouse is gnawing on it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely advantages to staying warm, drying out with that stove. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, preferably looking back, if we would have gone in with our little one man's we would have been better off. We wouldn't have had to drop way down or, you know, struggle that last hour of daylight to try to find, you know, a spot. Which isn't, it's just not for me anyway. I don't like that, um, added mental mental strain of where are we going to stay? But all the years we've done this, it's like, you just go and go and go. And then when you're, it gets dark, you can put your tent anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just park it on a ridge. Yeah. No problem. Right yeah, where you're so Eric and I did the very first night with the hubba. Tell us how that worked. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can throw it anywhere you want. We sat there in glass for an hour, and I don't think we ever even talked about where we put the tent because we both knew it was going where we were sitting. Went to bed probably at 8.30 and woke up around midnight, and the tent was on our face, I think, with eight inches of snow on top. So <laughs> That was the disadvantage of a hubba. <laughs> yeah. Just not keep eight inches of snow. Um off you yeah. very well. But, yeah, 
So you'd have to wake up a lot during the night and shake it wasn't, that thing It off. wasn't too bad, but yeah, we were we were dry and we were warm, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And almost like that sawtooth would be a good intermediate staging point, you know? So you got your base camp, set something up at like yeah, a four-mile point, and then take your take mm-hmm. your pack tents from there. Yeah. You know, to, to go that extra. Yeah. Yeah, we ended up using um, that same kafaru on our very last hunt in Montana, and it was great. Yeah, it was, it was flat. Awesome. There's flats all over, so that was nice to have. Um, we had three guys, and we all crawled in there, and it was perfect. Um, it's a little windy, but those things do surprisingly well in the wind. So, uh, yeah, somewhat. We did lose it. Um, it did go down. It did go down. Once. <laughs> but that's another, that's another story. Yeah. But it was ripping. Yeah. It took a lot to get it to that point. You guys need Snyder to show you how to set it up. Apparently. <laughs> we're definitely not professionals at setting We watched a YouTube up. video, though. Oh, we did. professional. We did. <laughs> so you are professionals, then? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, but... Um, yeah, so then what happened? Jeez, where are we at? I think we're still back to, I think, my so-called birthday buck, which I shot the day after, actually. Um, but what was that, the day after? I think, yeah. Yeah, that was. The day after, that was the evening of the day after we went up and uh, hiked around all day, glassed a bunch of bucks. I think that was the biggest thing for, I think, probably both Jeff and I was every buck we were seeing down low, even though they weren't big, were bigger bucks than we'd ever shot, as far as muleys go. And so that was a good learning experience to to learn how to not shoot and <laughs> kind of just hold out and see if you can find the one you're looking for. Um, and we spent the better part of that whole day and then ended up taking my buck on our way back down. We chased a four-point first, right? Yeah, he went up over the hill. Yeah, went up over the hill, and every part of me wanted to do, to go after him, but there was a buck in between. There was like 25 deer between yeah. us, so it was like blow this basin out. Or see what's in it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And we knew there was a, a decent buck sitting up there, and Eric decided to stay down low, and Jeff and I went up. But we kind of split up. You were up just kind of glassing. Yeah, I, I went off to the left because I thought he was going to try and backdoor us on some different does. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if I see him come this way, I can at least get Paul's attention. Yeah. Drop back over and so he doesn't circle around us and we lose him. Yeah, I, I went to the right, kind of hugged a, a rock band. Worked, I felt like I was bow hunting because we were so trying to go stealth mode, and because there were so many deer. So I probably closed 200 yards on them, got up there and realized that there was no way I was getting any closer. There were so many does and so many little bucks. Um, and at that point, Jeff had come back around and looked at me, and I was like, I'm stuck. And so he's like, well, come back down. And so I went back down, met up with you, and worked all the way up around. We uh, walked right through all those deer. I mean, we get to a point, we look back to our right. Yeah. yards right, right below us, there's six deer. Yeah. We have no idea go up a little bit farther and there's deer 20 yards bedded down and they're just like completely have no idea it was like we're doing something right let's just keep doing it and not blow these deer out so yeah there was a couple times we were kind of crawling on the rocks just kind of sneaking through we had a big rock band to work through Mm -hmm. boulders essentially which concealed us pretty well super steep yeah but um it was good and got within what 155 yards i think i think so yeah and I just, I couldn't pass him up at that point. And so, um, Jeff was standing right there with me and he goes, hold on, I'm going to range him one sec. And I, in my head, I thought it'd be funny to not let him range it and just shoot. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, let me range it real quick. And I just, I touched one off and hit him and, um, yeah, went down. It was great. Yeah. And then the smaller bucks started laughing and 
I think he was pretty thankful. Yeah, yeah. That, little, that little two point was. I think he was pretty stoked that he was king of the hill at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that was a nice four by three. Yeah. Not probably not the buck that we envisioned prior to the hunt, but still really good. Reminds me of Nevada a little bit, huh? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were your expectations for this one? I mean, what were you? Oh, I don't even know where to touch on that after that whole Nevada deal. We started with expectations before and. I don't think we went for size. I think we were hoping to kill like a heavy, mature buck. Yeah. Four point was obviously benchmark as far as yeah. time, you yeah. know, points. Thank but you know, we just wanted not a spindly deer. We just wanted a good, mature, heavy buck. Yeah, I mean, I remember we talked just a couple days before we went. We we both said we wanted bigger deer than we we'd shot before. Which that one fifty mark is right about where we were at, and that both gave us bucks bigger than we'd ever shot. So I yeah. was pleased. Yeah. I was happy with that. And Eric's buck, I mean, that was a old, he heavy regress. Very heavy. And you said a two-point, but really, what, what it was did that thing? was a four-by-two, I think, yeah. technically. I mean, he had all kinds of weird, funky, yeah, cool I mean, stuff. Main frame was antelope-looking two-point. Yeah. And right. it's a weird, weird configuration, too. It, yeah. It kind of... Crazy bases on him. What's cool, too, is when he was on the hill, I mean, he was noticeably 50 pounds heavier than every other four-point. I mean, he just... He looked like you a donkey like, on the hill. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's an old deer. Just, I heard donkey. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was just all swollen up, and he was just, he acted like he owned the place, and yeah. it looked like he did at that point, yeah. you know? Yeah. It'd be cool to age him. That's right. Cool yeah, that's, that's something we talked about doing with our deer, too, just getting an idea of how old the bucks are. Yeah. Pretty bad about sending that tooth in and getting them aged. But uh, Idaho will do that for you, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, we need to do it. It's pretty cool. Um, it'd be interesting to know how old that buck was once he started to regress and go to where he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool buck. So, um, for all three of you guys, was that like the most deer you've seen, like passing the most bucks? Yeah, so yeah. I am, I like to shoot. Like, if I'm. I'm pretty easily, like, pleased, you know. It's like a couple of years ago in Idaho, we all went in with big benchmarks. And uh, I was like, hey, there's a four-point over here. I'm like, done. Yeah. And you I, guys came back yeah, over just, the ridge and asked if I'd seen anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's a four-point down there. And you kind of looked at me like, well, what do you mean there's a four-point down there? Right. Like, Why aren't you doing anything about it? Yeah, so <laughs> to pass deer is hard. And I, that was like, okay, if I just keep pushing deer off on other people, I have to pass them. And that's all I did is like, hey, deer, go ahead. I'm going to push it. I'm going to wait till the end. I could kill a deer. might not be a big one, but if I push it to the last day, you know, I knew that I could kill something. So it was tough for me, and I pushed it all the way down to the last night. Yeah. Which was good. Mm-hmm. You, you showed some restraint. Yeah, that was that's hard to do. Yeah. I know. I, I, I'm kind of the, the same way. Day. I mean, I you know, I'm... I like the, um, like the situation, mm-hmm. right? Totally. You know, if you have a cool situation and it's like, you know, even if it's not the biggest buck in the world, it's a, it's Who a are cool, you with? Where it's a are cool you? stock or, you know, there's yeah. just something about it. It's a good story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But someplace like that, you're seeing, you know, just so many animals that it's a good way to kind of break yourself of that, you know, for us, Washington guys, we might only see one or two bucks a year that are shooter bucks, you know, 
So yeah. to go somewhere like that and see so many animals. It's and we, we all cool. obviously wanted to put our tag on something. And in that area, last day, you're going to get meat regardless. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. So it is a cool place to uh, kind of put blinders on, I guess, and try to get that old mature buck if possible. But, uh, you know, if all else fails and um, that country doesn't have a lot of, in my opinion, didn't have a whole lot of giant bucks for no. sure there was very few um, they probably get shot up and they don't ever get to age yeah how you'd want them to yeah just with the sheer amount of people that come in and out a lot of people yep yeah as far back and huge as huge as that wilderness is it does get looked at yeah um, well, i mean for three four months yeah a lot of people yeah we we're kind of trying to run through our head and think about how many guys actually just just that one strip how many guys probably go in there every year and it could be 500 guys yeah. or maybe even more. You know, you figure there were a ton of camps and yeah. there's usually three to five guys per camp. Pretty much so, everybody's geez, putting their tag on a, on a, on a, um, mule. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's mostly the upper, you know, the bigger four points, the bigger bucks, you know, the, the guys who actually get out there and get after it, they're killing those, you know, nicer like bucks. so scott what was uh i mean i know you get out and do mule deer hunts every once in a while and usually kill a 200 inch buck but what were your uh, expectations on this one i think going into it i mean i i uh, have admired you know your pictures forever i mean as far as you know big mule deer big white face mule deer you talking about mine (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I meant Ryan. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, not being, you know, like, like Jeff's comment about, you know, a few days in the trip, I'm like, all this for a deer, you know, I just, my heart's with elk. But yeah. on this trip, I was, I was like, this is going to be a mule deer hunt. I mean, I got lucky last year and shot a big buck on a guided hunt, you know, so it was, it wasn't super tough. I mean, they didn't necessarily earn that buck like like you would on a trip like this you know um so so my goal going into this hunt was to earn that special buck you know to find that white face muley in the top of a basin somewhere and um you know put put together a solid game plan and kill him i learned a lot about myself on this trip and i spent a lot of time trying to make myself tougher be more fit um you know, go that extra mile. Well, you to, planned for this trip. To, you were crushing it, like getting prepared physically. Yeah, I ran a hundred miles yeah. the month before. <laughs> yeah, you know, most guys don't do like three thousand push-ups and three thousand sit-ups <laughs> and nine hundred pull-ups. So of course, those won't help you for climbing the mountain probably as much. But I definitely put some miles on, and uh, you know, being a 235 pound guy 100 miles is a lot of running but yeah <laughs> for anybody that is a lot of running but uh um it was an eye-opening experience for me I, we got in that trip and 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 i learned that i gotta get a lot tougher not physically but mentally there was a mental drain on a hunt like this that i've never experienced and there was times during the trip i was like i don't know if i want to do this again yeah. You know, I've never experienced that. You know, I've gone in the Snake River quite a bit, you know, in Oregon. Um, but I'll just go in for 
two or three, maybe four days at the most, you know. I've done some drop camp type of scenarios, but this was a, it was an eye opener for me. I mean, I get kudos for being tough, but I'm not tough like you two, like Joey and Ryan are. I mean, you guys have a mental um, toughness that I've never, never experienced. And it's quite inspiring to watch you, watch how you guys tore that country apart, you know, went that extra mile, left camp on Sunday and said, we might be back Tuesday. Good luck, guys. You know, <laughs> and there was not an ounce of fear in your eyes, and the whole time I'm I'm thinking, holy moly, what did I get into here? You know, so um, we got out there and we tried hard, and and um, but I learned a lot about. Uh, I'm gonna have to step up my game if I want to go kick kill big mule deer. That's for sure. Hmm. It's not gonna be done easy. Just because you land on a remote strip in the middle of Idaho wilderness doesn't mean it's gonna. Sure. You're gonna get that. Yeah, I think that Big dude. that mental toughness comes with experience of being put in those situations. Because I know, like, all of us start at some point. We're like, oh, yeah, we're going to be tough and do this. And then you get there, and you're like, ugh, this is scary. But once you experience it time, two times, three times, and you're still alive, it's like, this is nothing. I mean, I, it's like, I'm sure you guys crave that. Yeah. I, I, I've started to, but still, it's like, there's a lot more levels to go. Yeah. And I think once you start like enjoying that pain. Yeah. It's almost an expectation that, um, I think every hunt Joe and I go into now, we just expect it's going to suck. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be harder than we probably hope it would be. And, uh, but, but I, I like that. About yeah. It. I like yeah. It. I love I mean, it. I, you know, when it sucks, the worst is kind of when it's the best you when know? you come out of a hunt that really sucks you're feeling better than a hunt that went the other way and it was everything worked out perfectly uh you just don't have the same satisfaction mm-hmm. that you do uh when you've gone through a ton of little trials and challenges and came out on top and uh stepped away from that hunt successful sure alive um you know and just all around you found success and and you did it in a way that completely wiped you out and, uh, and you got something out of it rewarding. Do you you feel that like after Scott, after this, that hunt, um, you know, because it does suck sometimes when you're back there, but then I find like, as soon as I'm home and I start thinking about it, I just, it makes me want to do it again so much more because it was hard or, or there was a challenge. Absolutely, and I feel like it's like, kind of like, I, I kind of want to redo, you yeah. know? I mean, what I learned, and I've now been able to take home and process, I'm like, it's okay, in the heat of the moment, or maybe in the last couple of days, I was like, I was ready to be done. But now I'm like, I'm ready for a redo, yeah. you know? I, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I want to take what I learned on this trip, what I, what I picked up from you guys, what I learned from Jeff, everybody in the group, watching you know learn more about the country even just flying in and out of the country and seeing the terrain and getting a better view of things it's like yeah i think i'm I'm ready for a i think like jeff said um the you experience things and then that you know sometimes you experience things you weren't expecting to but once you do then you know that you can do that right so it's like well um you know you have to hike for four days and through crazy country and it's hard and it's cold and it's rugged and it sucks. 
But when you when you're done, you're like, oh well, I could do that. It's so really not next that bad. year. Maybe I can even push it harder and do more. And you, you just, you know, once you've done it, it makes it easier. For sure. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly on that. I think that hike that we did the one afternoon where we were going to help you guys. I know for a fact I did not both of go. you guys didn't want to go. I was smoked, man. But when we were up there, you both were like, why haven't we done this every day? This isn't even that bad. Yeah. I mean, would it take exactly. us a few hours? Yeah, Eric and I were both. Yeah, and then to the top where we're going to camp, you know, and then yeah. it's like, hey, we're we're turning around. We're doing seven miles back. Oh, that was the day we were looking for a buck for Scott. Yes. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. You. Mm-hmm. you and I were the two that weren't tagged out at yeah. that point. Yeah. But that, I mean, just like that, being up there and it's 20, 30 mile an hour winds. We all bombed up there, um, had two unfilled tags mm-hmm. and, uh, got into, you know, some pretty good snow. I mean, it was deep up there. And then the weather came in, we had a good buck. Scott had, was on a good buck, um, set up. I think we tried to get a little bit closer at a certain point, but that fog just kept rolling in and out. And that's kind of a, seems to be a reoccurring theme in the in the mountains is fog fog will kill you yeah i mean it's like the worst thing you couldn't have. pick up a good range of the range finder, and then when you got the range you got in your scope and you couldn't pick the deer out yeah yeah it was a 500 yard poke yeah 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 and when your range finder reads 13 yards yeah yeah. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah yeah but now we have i mean that was a good buck um it would have been great to get him but the the weather just kind of you know beat us on that one and so we ended up going up higher, um, trying to get up to a point uh, right on the top of that ridge. And yeah, man, that weather got ugly. I mean, we had all intentions of staying there, you know, on the mountain, but hit a point where it was going to be a long night, cold, windy, and I think we all made the decision. Yeah, well, to, and, to and the whole back. kind of the the reason for that was we had Ryan and I. We killed our bucks, and it had taken us um, a couple of days to get back to, to base camp. To base camp, and then when we got back there, we, our meat was still back where we killed our bucks. And these guys all said they wanted to, they were willing to go with us and to help us because it was a. We didn't really quite know yet how we were gonna. It was a, in a it. pretty horrible location. Yeah, like we uh, we killed our bucks. Um, took some meat off and we didn't take a lot of meat out because we did not know how we were going to get out of there. Well, plus we had our whole camps on our backs. Yeah. We we just thought, okay, we're going to take our time. We're going to hang our meat and we're going to find out how the heck is it better to go down, up and over, back up to the top. And, uh, we just weren't really sure. So, you know, we, we preferred to have a little bit lesser of a pack, you know, when we weren't sure how exactly yeah. we we're going to get we out of there. load up hundred pound packs and then. So lo and behold, it took two days to get back to base camp. Um, but that ended up being the best route out of there. Yeah. We were just hoping it took two days and it was super sketchy. I and mean, we were puckered a <laughs> lot of times getting out of there. So we thought we're going to try this other route, um, up and over and down these chutes. And that just didn't pan out too steep. Too snowy. Too and, nasty. Well, and when we got to the top to kind of look at the terrain, then we were dealing with the fog. 
Yeah. And the 30 mile an hour winds and the blizzard snow and, you know, just leading everybody down into there would have been a disaster. Yeah. Yep. But so then, you know, um, we all bombed out of there. And it was a fun hike out awesome. of there, you know. That was the funnest. The that was probably one of the funner hikes I had on that trip. Yeah. And like Jeff was saying earlier, I was dreading that hike that night. I packed my buck out, got back, and <laughs> or started talking about going twelve miles, whatever. The next morning, and Eric and I just looked at each other like we're done. We're smoking. <laughs> packed yeah. my buck out. We packed that guy's buck out across the water. Packed yeah, Scott's bull out. A lot of meat. At yeah. That point. Mm-hmm. And Scott's bull was way up. up. Scott's bull was a pie. And I don't know if it's just Scott or if it's Oregon, but Scott actually uses the metric system. <laughs> 30 metric pound bags. Yeah, <laughs> Eric and I, when we met at the top of that ridge, Jeff went with Scott, um, passed the meat off, and then Eric and I were like, oh, we'll go get the rest of your bull. And he's like, yeah, I think there's two bags up there. They're probably about 30 pounds. Well, each. Yeah, that's not the case. They're at least 45 to 50. And I got back and I was like, Scott, so do you, do you use the metric system? And he was a little confused and he finally got it. But <laughs> I was smoked after that. And so to know that I was going on the hardest hike of the trip after three good pack outs, I mean, I was hurt and I, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. And that was probably the best day I had. Yeah. Yeah. And coming off that hill wasn't easy. I mean, it, like it was slick. Oh, it was slimy. Yeah, we were pretty much on our butts yeah. most of the way down for yeah. a ways. Eric and Paul and myself, we we thought we'd make it fun because we didn't have spikes. So every time we'd slip and fall, we'd go straight into combat army position and pretend like we were shooting something. <laughs> Cover fire. So we'd, we'd slip and fall. We'd do a somersault, get up like we are shooting something, and we oh, no, nothing. <laughs> so it kind of became like, hey, we're wet, we're slipping, who cares? Just adds, we're not going to whine yeah, about it's it. Yeah, absolutely. Just laughter. I mean, like he was saying, that's, I think, what I've experienced most when he was talking about, like, it being mentally tough and stuff like that. It's, you can put a little laughter in those situations. That's what I remember. Yeah. When I look back on the trip, I'm like, yeah, that, that hike sucked, but I laughed a lot more than, than anything else on that walk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I laughed because I didn't know what you guys were doing. <laughs> I finally had to explain it because I saw you guys catch us a couple times. I was like, these guys, these guys are think somebody's idiots. like coming up behind them or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kept catching myself in the back and I'd slip and fall and I'd jump up and I'm like, ah, never mind. Nobody's watching. Nobody's <laughs> watching. <laughs> yeah. It's not funny. I did it a couple times and these guys looked at me and I'm like, they probably think we're like 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, um, was, that was our day of the five exos and a stone geezer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and a stone geezer. That's right. Yeah, we saw, we saw a fair amount of bucks that day. Not not that many, but, you know, a couple good ones. Yeah. I'd say All considering time. the conditions, it was pretty good. Yeah. To pick through what we did with that yeah. fog and the snow. and Yeah, Paul picked up a couple of pretty good bucks on that hillside up top. I don't know. Yeah. Why. Oh, yeah. That While we were watching the, the buck that Scott was going after. Hmm. So... A lot of elk up there, too. You know, on that top, that seemed to be where the elk were kind of living. Which is kind of crazy, because you usually hear that elk kind of drop down early, right, for snow? Yeah, those elk up there clearly are not coming down there. Um, and that snow is not deep enough to keep... They, I think they like it up there, and that yeah. level of snow, it's kind of their comfort zone. Gotcha. I think they probably would have came down, but there's so many folks down there. Yeah. On, just probably not comfortable. Uh, a lot of those cows that they're probably older age class cows, mm-hmm. they don't want to deal with all that down below. They just hang up there and shoot. They'll be up to their brisket before they get pushed down Crazy. to that lower country, and especially the bulls. 
they're a lot stronger to paw through that snow and yeah find feed yep you know i think that's what the deer they just get to a point where they don't have the the energy and mass to get through it mm -hmm. yeah for sure we rolled in there on saturday did our little hike saw some bucks these guys all kind of rolled in so it was cool to kind of meet up with everybody um but we pretty much had it in our head that we were gonna spike out and go you know go try to get deep in there somewhere get away from some the folks and uh so we left Sunday morning early and we had to uh, cross some water and climb a long ways and um, and then dropped into another basin, went up the valley, climbed again, dropped down. We ended up, that night we ended up staying in that rocky messy, nasty, horrible valley. Um, Good spot for the Kafaro. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. It was perfect. And then uh, the next day, we pretty we spent most of the next day um, just picking our way through boulder fields, like snow-covered boulder fields. I've never been in a valley or a, in terrain like that where it's there's no dirt it's just rocks, <laughs> like rocks forever. And it that I busted a trekking pole in there. Um, I don't know. It took us most of the day to kind of pick our way down and and get to dirt. And then so once we hit dirt, then we climbed up and got on this ridge. Everything's so steep. Like just climbing up from that creek bottom, and now we're in like nice sandy yellow grass. But it is like straight up and down, you know, when you're, yeah, like where you killed your elk, you know, it's yeah. just straight yeah. up and down. Um, but it was nice to finally be on dirt. I remember thinking, ah, oh, we're out of the rocks. Yeah. But still living in micro spikes. It's that Yeah, steep. the whole way. Oh, yeah. So we got up to the top of that um, hill and kind of camped out on the ridge for, I don't know, an hour and a half or so. And man, we just started seeing bucks. Um Bucks on our side, bucks on the other side. Right away, Ryan threw up his glasses and, uh, you know, we're looking across at this big hillside. There's, you know, snow about at our level. And there, you could see a trail coming down through the snow. And, and he's like, oh, buck. And there's just a buck bedded right on the trail, you know. And then, then finally he sees another buck, just five or ten. We're looking at that buck for five minutes. And then he's like, oh, there's another buck. And, you know, it's weird when you're glassing and you get, like, focused on a buck. Just five feet below that buck is another buck bedded, but you just don't see him, you know? Um, yeah, because the one was, like, wide out, right out in the open yeah. on a deer trail with snow on it, jumped out at you. The other one was kind of tucked under some sagebrush. Yeah. So that kept our focus for a while because um, the bedded buck was looking up. There was... I don't know, three or four does up there and another little buck. And there was one doe at the very top who just kept looking up into the rocks. And I kept checking her and glassing all that up above her. Just, it looked like she was looking at something. And man, like half an hour later, finally we see that buck come down. So I don't know, it's just a lot of activity there. Um, 
but we were kind of worried about where we were and weather coming in weather coming in at that point we thought because you know all the forecast showed snow coming in like for days yeah and you know we had put a lot of miles on it was a pretty gnarly steep country or steep canyon weren't really sure of our way out of there at that point um without having to go back from where we came and so that was a big concern like do we want to be up here and have to go through that rock country where we may need ropes and a harness in bad bad poor weather um yeah, because if it, if it snowed where we were, it's so steep going down that even with even spikes, with the spikes, man, it's just going to be you're 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 going to fall probably. So we we decided, you know, we can drop down and find, you know, the rare Kafaru flat <laughs> someplace down there, yeah. and then we can always hunt back up. It, you know, come yeah, back up here. That was pretty much our talk was, okay, we found our spot. This is the spot we'd been looking for. Yeah. It had it had an, a big enough area above it to pull bucks down to. It was a spot that nobody was looking at. Um, it was way off the beaten path, you know, a long ways from the strip. This was our spot that we felt um, had everything that we had hoped to find. So what our plan was, was to drop down, at least get to a safe place where we know when, when that weather comes in, once it once it clears up, we're going to head right back up to that spot. Um, but, you know, we didn't really want to leave. We kind of wanted to stay there. Yeah. Because we were seeing animals. It was animals. a perfect spot. Yeah, and we were seeing a little bit of that next level buck that we hadn't seen yet. We weren't seeing those, you know, Two and a half, three and a half year old bucks. We saw had already seen a couple of bucks that were probably four and a half, and so you know that was that we knew we had found something good, but we also knew we we're gonna have to get out of here because it's probably not the best place to be once that weather rolls in. So, so we start to drop down. It's getting later in the evening. It's probably got to be two two thirty maybe, um, and you know days are short that time of year so we start to work our way down the ridge we're we're going pretty slow though because we're still looking across and looking at the deer and i think we maybe get a quarter of the way down and i think ryan spots a pretty good buck like the, the best buck we've seen yeah. big frame four by four he's got a couple does and he's kind of in the direction we're headed so we just keep picking our way along and we're watching him Still, I mean, a good buck, but still not a buck we're, we're willing to go after. Um, especially when you find a spot like that, you're like, we got days, you man. Know, we wanted let's to put just, a lot of time and effort into that spot. Let's so, watch. This is only like, it had potential second or third day in the hunt for you guys. Yeah. Also. Yeah, so this is day two away from the strip. Um, yeah. So we get down to the bottom. We cross over a little drainage. And that buck is now, we're on his side, and we're kind of working towards him. He's he's in our way, so we've kind of decided, well, we're going to have to blow, we're gonna have to blow him out of here, because we're running out of daylight, we, we got to get down. ways to go. Yeah, so, um, but the way the, the way the hillside is, 
there's like a little bit of a ridge between us and kind of the the bowl he's in and Ryan's in the front and as he pops up over the ridge he can see into the bowl and that buck had been looking down looking down looking down and that's always a sign that they're looking at something but we figured that maybe there's a small buck in there or some does that we can't see but as soon as Ryan pokes his head up he throws his glasses up and he ducks down and turns and looks at me and goes I haven't seen what's there yet um and Ryan's usually like very <laughs> slow about deciding to shoot a, an animal you know he doesn't just decide to do it right away but he he pops his he ducks down and looks at me and goes I'm gonna shoot this one and I haven't even seen it so I'm like so I kind of you know raise up on my toes and I can see over and I look with my binoculars and um there's just a stud just a bruiser just and, feeding and he's just feeding at like 60 yards away from us and that that buck is above him he's just got us pegged man he's ready to blow out of there at any time so ryan drops his pack gets his rifle off slides up on some rocks and i'm able to actually get the whole thing on film because i'm right behind him and uh ryan slides up the buck kind of clears he was he fed up behind a tree he clears it and um as soon as he clears it ryan shoots and perfect shot, you know, it's 60 yards. Could have shot it with a bow. And he, the buck, because of the way the hill is, you know, the sound bounces around. We're in this steep canyon. He has no idea where the shot comes from. The buck runs straight at us. I mean, I'm just standing there in the open. Ryan's still prone, um, like following the buck as he's coming towards in case he has to make another shot. But you can see there's like, you know, air and blood spread, you know, steam blasting out of one side i mean he's just the death run and he runs right towards us and i'm just standing there filming the whole thing and ryan's laying there and the buck comes within it's like 10 yards yeah probably 10 yards yeah i mean he never sees we're there he's headed right for this little swale we're in but as he has to start to go up to run up through that swale he can't he has no air and he turns and goes down right there like in the frame ryan's laying there the butt goes down and um and then you know ryan gets up and he's like holy cow did that just happen and you know the buck it's so steep the buck ends up rolling down the hill away at that point you know it's boulder field so we're just praying that he doesn't bust his antlers up break break himself up real bad but he rolled i don't know probably rolled down like 30 yards yeah is all yep luckily yeah and uh so then we're both, you know, just like excited about the whole thing and kind of talking about it quietly. And I'm still filming with the camera and in the video, I kind of have it on Ryan and uh, and myself. And uh, and you just see Ryan like look across the hill and then he just points and goes, there's a buck. And uh, so you guys hadn't seen that buck yet. No, no. This is like the op- the hill that we had come down. The ridge we came down is so steep that, you know, when we're coming down up here, we couldn't see down here. Those deer were on that hillside the whole time. They were on that just, ridge, just a below lot of us. Cliffs, rock cliffs. Yeah, 
and they were below one of those rock cliffs. So now we're on the opposite side and, you know, hadn't really even looked back that direction yet. We were so focused on what we were doing on this side. So I get him in the video. You see him like, wow, he's got a smile on his face. And then he's like, like serious face. There's a buck. And so then I should have handed him the camera, but we, I just turned it off and like put it down and we both go to our glasses and then it's a good buck. Um, Immediately, you could tell it was a mature buck. He was a next-level buck. He was heavy. First, we were like, oh, it looks like he's got a sticker. We well, had two stickers. Yeah. Yeah. Just was, a good buck. And, man, you just don't know if you're going to see see another buck like that. So, um, Ryan was like, get your rifle. And my, my pack is back there with my rifle still strapped on it, with my solo hunter cover on it. And it, his rifle's right there. And I've been shooting, I've been using his rifle all season for my other hunts. So I was just like, just give me that. And I slide up prone on a rock. A um, lot longer shot. It's like 250 yards, pretty long shot uh, for me. And um, But it was just kind of like standing up there broadside, a bunch of does. And uh, so I touch one off. And he goes down. So then we have two, two bucks down, you know. Right? Again, it was so, so dang steep like over five there. five minutes. Yeah, two bucks down within, geez, was it even five minutes? No, I mean, it just happened like maybe so fast. Two and a half minutes. And, uh, yeah, your buck dropped. And, um, and then he started to roll. I watched it through my glass and he started to roll. And, man, my biggest fear was he was going to keep rolling. I don't know how he didn't keep rolling well his head his head ended up uh underneath his body and um his horns just kind of created a like an anchor and when we got up to him his head was totally tucked under dug into the the ground otherwise i mean he would have just went all the way to the bottom went off a couple cliffs that it wouldn't have been pretty no it would have been a mess would have had some bruised up meat at that point but so then it was awesome. It was like, wow, that's it. Like our, that's our Idaho hunt. Yeah. You know, we both got nice bucks. Um, Ryan's buck's just a freak, just a stud. I mean, he's got he's that big. and a half wide. Yeah. And a half, you he? he was over 30. Um, I haven't put a tape to that thing yet. I just haven't. But yeah, he was over 30. Oh, look who's back. Did you just go save some lives? Oh, yeah, for sure. Fun times. Good call. (laughs) Got out of a tree? No. (laughs) Gal took a whole bottle of uh, Oxycontin. Oh. Uh, That was a good idea. Everybody hates everybody hates Mondays, man. (laughs) Not looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Football team, they wouldn't stand for the anthem. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Two bucks down. Really, all we had time to do that night was um, drop, basically drop the guts and skin them off so they would cool down because we still had to find um, the dreaded Kafaru flat. Which had eluded us. Yeah. But, so we, that ended up working pretty well because we found a pretty nice spot to set up the tent and the bucks were both within sight of us mine was on one ridge yours was up in another basin a couple maybe three four hundred yards away from where the tent was so and then you know we got up the next morning boned them out 
and then uh, and then from there, you know, we we had to figure it out how to get out from there. It, yeah, it was not that point. It was okay. It was fun, and then After it got that, just, I'm curious fun. on your buck, Ryan. Was it with those? Was he was he solo? You know what had happened was uh, so I had been watching that one buck. I mean, he was a good buck. Um, you know, he was like twenty five inch four point. He had a couple of those that he was tailing. This is the buck up on the hill? Yeah, the buck okay. up on the hill. And so when we got to that point, we kind of crested that little rock ridge, and I saw that buck. He was feeding, but he had all intentions of going up and stealing those does, and probably, you know, that other buck wasn't going to mess with him. He was just going to probably blow him out of there. But what had happened was um, my buck had been probably on the other side of the hill where Joe's buck was. Yeah. And, and I'm guessing my hot, I'm guessing my thing. butt my buck probably put a whooping on oh, yeah. whooping <laughs> on him sent him packing yeah he's got those narrower horns <laughs> yeah poke him in the head yeah, yeah. He had those little <laughs> narrow horns you could get right in there yeah probably <laughs> but probably not <laughs> <laughs> but no my buck there were so many does over on that hill I think my buck had just been over there lost interest went saw a couple other does on the other side dropped down into that nasty little ravine and was working his way up to those. Yeah, there's enough does. I mean, I guess if one group's not hot, they'll just move on and find one that is. Yeah, and just go over and put a whooping on, you know, whatever buck has those does and then... So, yeah, but that, yeah, it would have been fun to sit back and kind of watch how that all panned out, like what my buck would have done Yeah, that other buck. Who knows if it would have came to... a scrap, but um, no, at sixty yards, that was uh, that was perfect. Yeah, that was I didn't awesome. Want to let him get any farther out, but yeah, at so, that point, I wish I'd had my bow in my hand because okay, it was a very easy shot. What would you have done if you would have saw Joe's buck first? Um, oh, that little thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's a good question. I, he was probably the second. I don't. Yeah, buck you guys saw. Yeah, he was oh, yeah. killed on the strip in general. I mean, he was. I, I the same yeah, I don't think I could have let that buck go. No way. No, that was a heavy, mature buck. Really cool rack. Have the stickers out mm-hmm. there. Just a super cool buck. Um, there's no way I could have let that go. Yeah, those you know those one and a half inch kickers off coming off his his G three. In the exact same spot. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I love that. Yeah, and that's, you know, our intentions weren't, you know, we weren't going in to set any records as far as giant bucks. We just wanted to learn country, um, kind of see what we had in the tank and see what kind of, see what we could figure out. And, you know, this is a, the, the church is a place that we want to learn. You know, we're going to go to. We want to build a life there. We do. <laughs> cabin, really. We found some wood. No, we, uh, yeah, we just want to start learning it. Um, you know, and we're going to venture out and hit other places and, you know, try to keep figuring it out. It's a place that I wish I'd have been going to 20 years ago. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, it's, it's had its ups and downs with, um, you know, hard winters and wolves, but, um, you know, even if, even if you're not killing the biggest bucks, it's just a, it's a place where you can learn country um, and really challenge yourself because it's got it all. I mean, it's got steeps. It's got everything a mule deer hunter could dream, dreams of. I can't think of a better setting of where I'd want to kill a buck. No. You know, if there's one spot I had to kill one, it'd be 
it'd be in there. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenal place. Um, you know, and a lot of people know about it. It's not like it's this hidden place. A lot of people go in there. It's a busy it's a busy place, but um, still has opportunity. And um, yeah, like you said, Paul, the the setting back there is awesome. Yeah. Um, well, it's not you know it's not like there's big giant bucks running all over the place. There's a lot of bucks, but I think uh, you know if guys think they're just going to fly in there and kill giant bucks off the strip it's it's pretty rare i'm sure it happens but you know i mean it's like any hunting you're gonna do it's still tough still hard work yeah i mean we spent a lot more time you know investigating trying to get our way out of that canyon first off and we never saw another buck of that caliber no um or bucks of that caliber it was uh it's a lot of smaller younger bucks um but you know good numbers anyway but we just kind of like just started just scratch the surface just scratch the surface mm-hmm. there's so much country back there so we're uh yeah we're looking forward to years to come um but that country you definitely got to be in shape and um you know i don't think it's i think going into that that country and if you don't have a whole lot of experience you're not real savvy with i don't know bushcraft or just being able to be you know, navigate some tough country, you could really get yourself into some, a pickle. Yeah. Because you can get cliffed out real easily. We, uh, we got ourselves into pickles. Lots of pickles. I mean, trying to get out of there was, it was not fun. Um, looking back at, obviously, yeah, now that we're out and safe, it's fun, but there's some times there where, you know, you just don't quite, know how you're gonna be able to move forward because like you said you just get cliffed out and and then what you end up having to do is go up and then when you do get up in there and the rocks are like sliding and moving and it's straight up and down and your fall line is like straight down to cliffs yeah man it is sketchy if we would have had a rope and a harness and one guy could lead climb across Mm -hmm. anchor the next guy could get to him. Really, then you're <clears throat> you're only traveling that one distance, not being roped in. So the lead guy makes it from here to a big rock or a tree or something stable on the hillside. The next guy is roped in to the tree, and then from there, the lead guy is roped in, and then you could it yeah, just be safer. A lot of that country was just that. It's like uh, we got to shimmy across this steep little shoot and one slip you're not stopping yourself you're going to the bottom especially with be, a pack on with your underweight be mess. Be broken. Yeah. yeah and there was a lot of that during that yeah adventure the 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 pucker so pucker yeah i thought best. about my daughters a lot on the way out of there <laughs> <laughs> that's not good no, no but uh no we, we ended up you know it was a, it was quite a relief when we you know there were so many times where we hit a point and it's like well great now where do we go? How are we going to get around this one? Um, but, you know, we just kept picking it apart and figured our way out of there. Yeah, it was pretty treacherous. But So we, it took us two days from where we killed our bucks, um, two days to get back to the strip. So I think we got back to the strip on Wednesday. Wednesday. <clears throat> um, 
We had run we, out of food. We'd eaten most point. of the meat that we had on our back, which was fine. It was awesome. We were eating backstrap and backstrap buck and nuts at that point. Buck nuts on a, <laughs> over a fire. Um, but rolled into the strip like Wednesday evening. Um, and we're pretty beat up. It, that, that was mentally tough. And then we still had our meat back there, which, which just bothered me the whole time. I couldn't, I just didn't like it. Well, the it. worst part was now we got there, but where we had just come was not the route that we felt safe getting the meat back. Yeah, so no, it, there was no way. In our head, like, well, that was not the best approach to get out of there. So we still have this worry of we got to find a better way. We got to find a better route. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be? We had it in our head. Well, we could go this way, but that's going to it's going to take us days. You know, probably twenty miles. Yeah. Or do we try to get up and over and down these chutes? Well, we attempted that, like we talked about. That didn't work. So we uh, we ended up putting together a plan, and we needed a raft for this plan to work out. And luckily, there were a couple of them floating around on on the strip, and Jeff luckily knew some of the guys who had one. Yep. And um, now when we talked to, what was your buddy's name? Troy. Troy? Yeah, he said that they had this raft back at camp. And, um, and so we had a little bit I- different idea of what this raft was going to be. <laughs> yeah, we thought maybe it was like a, you know, a, a nice... Like a pack raft. Like pack raft. Solid, you know, stable. But this was not... twenty pounds, you know, some... All right, well... This was not that. This was... This was not that. No, this... is something you buy your kids in the summertime and toss it in the little... The the uh, price tag... (laughs) The price tag was on it. It was at (laughs) (laughs) $34.99. That's right. And they didn't didn't have oars. Didn't have oars. We couldn't find them. I mean, we searched their tent. They were were spiked out up on the top of the mountain and told us we could go... um, grab it out of their tent so we went down grabbed it no oars but luckily another group on the strip had a a raft and we borrowed their oars so we had a borrowed raft borrowed oars we got up the next morning crossed the river and there was it was a little bit easier um kind of trail on the other side that we could get down to where we could then cross again and i don't know from where we from where we were we crossed was it about seven miles mm-hmm. down there it's a long way it's a long way and then so we got there at about noon i think and we had limited time because we didn't want to be doing crossing the river in the dark and just by chance Fishing game happened to be riding by on their horses yeah. in the middle of nowhere, and they come down and start talking to us. And you know, you can't just be like, "Hey, listen, guys, we got stuff to do. We're out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> see you later." So you got to kind of take your time, and they check you out and go over your stuff. And they were nice guys. They so were great guys. You know, we we just started talking stories. Yeah, but it burned up a lot of daylight. It did. It did. Probably an hour at least. And so by the time. And then they actually said, are you both going across in that raft? 
And we were, <laughs> we were like, yeah. Because if so, we're going to sit back here and we're going to watch because we want to know if we have to come out and save you. No, actually what they said is, they said, let us get up the trail a ways so we don't have to save you. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to be anywhere around that. They were like, let us get out of here. We'll watch from afar so that there was no way we could save you if we needed to. <laughs> so we cross, and now all we have to do is hike about three miles up this horrible rock canyon to our whole, basically our whole deer of meat. Um, so we pick our way up there. Yeah, we, had, we had got our meat to a certain point where we felt like it was the best yeah. spot. It wouldn't be too much of an issue to get it. Yeah. It and it, w- it wasn't that bad. No. I mean, no. it's it's just a gnarly little canyon, rocky mess. But we got up there, you know, then you basically throw your whole deer on your back. And then, you know, it's heavy and it sucks. And then we start heading down. And because the game wardens sucked up so much of our time, we end up getting back down to the river like an hour into the dark. And the hill, so probably one of the worst parts was, now it's dark. The last 200 yards. You know, our raft, our magnificent raft is parked down by the river. And uh, there's this wicked steep yellow grass hill that we had come up during daylight and it was dry. So it wasn't an issue, but it had started to rain. And so it's wet. Now it's pitch black, and um, we know our raft's down there. But uh, I don't think we had... Did we have our spikes on? We must have had our spikes on at that point. It was it was slippery, and one the problem was is if we slipped once, we'd probably bounce all the way down and hit the river. Because remember, a whole, whole deer on our back, so, you know, whatever, 75, 80 pounds of meat. It would have been ugly, yeah. So, yeah, super steep, and uh, you can hear the river down there, but it's it's still a long ways, but it's just straight down. But it's like a super, you know, it's yellow grass, but real slick. Yeah, that was scary. It, it just sucked because there was no other way. There's not like, oh, let's hike over to the nice, easy way to get down. It's all just straight down. And when you hike up it, you don't really think about having to go back down it in the dark. So, and... Um, it was dark and we actually overshot at one point. Mm -hmm. I went down the wrong way thinking the raft was down there. So we had to hike back up, but we did, we finally pick our way down and then you get down to like the rocks and it's another one of those moments where you're just like, Oh, we got, we We made it this far. Now we got, now we got a huge, now we got four bags of meat (laughs) of getting our meat across and our bodies to the other side. And the oars didn't fit. No, we were... The oars didn't go in the oar locks. So if it's that would have like been the one, case, it would have been like one guy at a time shuttling me. Yep. But it took two guys because the oars didn't fit in those oar locks. So we each had to like take a side, the one in the front, style. one in the back, yeah. and, and row it and steer it. And what was the capacity of this Chinese-made... Um, <laughs> this is a... I don't know. I mean, it's really a one-man, but it's, we turned it into a two-man. With me. Yeah. I mean, with me, we... Easily good. maxed it out and then some. So oh, we yeah. had to we had to do several trips. <laughs> and the problem was is the water where we, you know, we thought this through when we first put the boat in that spot. It was a little bit slower. 
The problem was if you couldn't shoot straight across or even get a little bit up and angle your way across, if you if we had dropped down a little bit, it would have been fast water. Rapids. Who knows how far it would have taken us to get to the other side. <laughs> so it took two of us, you know, um, gritting our teeth and yeah, just rowing like mad. Well, we luckily we we had landed in kind of the back end of a tailout, yep. and there was a big rock wall on our on the side of the river that our meat was on. The upside of the river. The upside. So we were able to use that rock wall once we got them loaded and I got the meat between us and I was the last one to get in the raft then Ryan could pick pull us up that rock wall like I don't know a good hundred feet yeah so that gave us another hundred feet of tail out without that uh, well the problem was you know now we're so worried we're we know we're just screwed if if we put a hole in this raft so we had laid your dry bag out yep. on the bottom so our boots didn't, like, tear a spot. Um, you know, obviously no micro spikes or anything like that. Uh, but also, this rock face had, like, sharp rocks coming off of it. So if we would have just relaxed at any point and let ourselves kind of, you know, bob into that rock wall, we probably would have punched a nice giant yeah. hole and sunk and been really wet. It was a total team effort because he had to kind of like fingernail claw his way up the rock wall and i just kind of kept the raft at a distance from the rocks and it just worked perfect i mean it in couldn't have went any better in the dark. It's dark in the dark yeah that's the other in the dark and um all because you promised we promised you look borrow the raft from yeah get it back yeah <laughs> sticking we to were, your word yeah. we were worried that they might want that the next day that Saturday, I think it was. So talked about it. We wanted to make sure that we got it back. You know, we yeah. we because when we when we asked if we could borrow it, they we said we'll have it back in two days. You know, yeah. and he was like, oh, I don't think I can let you guys do that. You know, my cousin might want to use it, so we had to get it back within twenty four hours. So anyway, so we we don't want to pop it. You know. Um, we carefully, it took us six trips back and forth across the river to get everything moved to the other side. <laughs> Luckily, everything went smooth. We had a great landing spot on the other side where there, it was rocks on the other side, but there was a big rounded rock that we could kind of just, every time we landed on that rock, we pushed that raft right up, right up against the soft, toss smooth, the bags out. toss the meat out and right back across we just knocked the whole thing out. I was the only one that ever got out of the raft just to get another game bag. And then when we got it all moved to the other side, all the meat, we had basic survival gear on the other side in bags mm -hmm. um, that we left there. You know, emergency bivy, sleeping bag, I think. No. Yeah. Yeah, sleeping bag. Um, food, jet boil, I think. Maybe. No. No. Okay. Just ba basic stuff, but it still added up to some weight. So we have everything. We break the raft down, wrap that all up. And um, I was like, well, should we just throw a bag of meat in each and this gear and fly? You know, we have, at that point, it was pretty late. 29. 
Emergency. Emergency. Again, we're in a firehouse. Yeah. yeah. Twenty-three. Aid emergency. Cat one. Aid twenty-nine. One thirteen twenty-seven Northeast One Twenty Street. Twelve forty-four hours. Got all that? Yeah. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> so, um, I was just thinking about getting that raft back. You know in a timely manner <laughs> so i was like well let's just take one bag of meat and the, our gear and fly and we'll come back and get the other bag of meat in the morning and ryan was like or we just see how tough we are and we just try to do it all of it so we load everything in and you know we're kind of on a little bit of um probably adrenaline high at this point because we just got finally our meat is on this side we're you know we're going to be able to do this and um, so that was probably what six thirty or seven o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah, it took a while. Yeah. So um, then we just we just start hiking. I just figured, well, we're just gonna man up and uh, see what we got left in the tank. It's gonna be our last day, and. Um, yeah, put Scott and I would have been sleeping in that raft down there just to <laughs> 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 this is where that mental toughness comes yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, it was tough. It yeah, was long. It took us a while. I mean, I think by the time we ended up getting, well, I mean, you can finish the story if you want because it was pretty cool how it ended. Um, it wasn't like we did the entire pack out ourselves. No, we didn't. No, which was amazing. Talk about how they got to us we had hunter's intuition that we just knew where you were (laughs) (laughs) i don't know we roll in we could start to smell the smoke from the strip so we knew we were getting close and these guys are hard man you know our packs were probably pushing i don't know had to be 100 pound scott would say like 30 pounds (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, seriously (laughs) (laughs) up hills downhill yeah and we we roll yeah. we roll into where we can finally see the strip at maybe midnight or so. Yeah. And these guys somehow wake up. Well, I think you guys had packed a buck off the mountain. Two. Two bucks off well, the mountain. Scott did his own. Yep. And then I shot mine that night and I packed down mine. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting up waiting for you guys. I'm like, they're gonna come through, they're gonna come through at some point. I just remember I couldn't sleep for whatever reason. Okay, yeah. so it was it about was, 11 o'clock where I'd finally give up. Did I know it, was, it had to be about that late because I know we returned that raft at about 2 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and I did. I think it was yeah. 11 o'clock. I, I finally gave up. I'm like, okay, they're, they've got a fire going or they're dead. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. So, but then in, just randomly, I mean, it was pushing midnight. I just jumped out of bed. I'm like, I see them. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, whatever, dude. And I'm like, waiting for you guys to pop in and I'm like I unzip it and I'm like gosh dang they're a long ways away still how I saw your light I have no idea and I jumped up put clothes on ready to go and we had we had about a a mile and a half left to go I think all four of you guys started bebopping down I saw somebody running because that Jeff, both of you guys were running. Jeff and Scott were running. He was walking with us, and he's like, two really wanted to get to Jeff, him. why is he running, excited. making us all look bad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff took off running, and Eric and I were walking, and Scott was with us, and it, it took him a couple minutes, and all of a sudden, he just kind of flew by us, and all he said was, sorry, boys. <laughs> 
So Jeff got to us first. Scott right behind him. We were at mile 22 on the day. Yeah, mile 22 on the day. Most of that distance, we were able to, because it's so steep there, we were able to hike and then just kind of lean against the rocks and take a break. And then, you know, a little bit of a break helps your legs and you keep going. But we'd come into like kind of the flat, the flattest of that valley. And there was nowhere to break. So we'd been going for a while, just like, you know, mile 22, heavy, heavy pack. And at that point, when you came up, I told Ryan, I was like, I'm just going down. I'm flopping over on my back like a turtle. And man, that was awesome. These guys came up and they pretty much took our packs and all kind of split it up. I think you took Ryan's whole pack. Jeff took my whole pack, which was pretty heavy pack. It was over 100 pounds. What do you weigh? 150. Weight. 150? Yeah. <laughs> Two-thirds of my body. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lot. But, uh, yeah, that was super cool. It was awesome. So Ryan and I got to walk the last mile and a half with nothing, nothing on our backs. I'm not going to lie. When we showed up, I wasn't sure if you would actually give your pack up. Oh, I was ready we to We were pretty willing to get our packs up. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, Eric and I, we got down there. We're like, we'll wrestle them if they don't give us our packs. <laughs> yeah. I was like, these guys are so stubborn. And just yeah. the toughness. I was like, I don't know if they're going to give it up or not. And then I get up, and Joey just, boom. <laughs> I was like, oh, that answers that. Yeah. Yeah, we were pretty drained. I mean, we were pretty mentally fatigued at that point. Just the whole day, how it all worked out. Just the not knowing how it was going to pan out. and. Yeah, we were on mile 22, I think, at that point. Yeah. A mile left to get back to camp. So, no, we were pretty uh, pretty open to the idea <laughs> of giving up those packs. Couldn't have ended a better way, though. I mean, what are the chances that these guys are awake at midnight and they look out and see our lights coming from way down there? Yeah, three miles away. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, that was, and that was perfect. What was that? That was, uh, was it the next? The next, next day, day we, we flew out. Flew out. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. If yeah. we wouldn't have gotten back and would have had to go back to get meat, we were there's a chance we may not have gotten out of there. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. Thanksgiving is what they said. That's what they said. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we got out. Yeah, the plane was scheduled to come in like what ten eleven that next morning. Yeah. So it all worked out just perfectly. Really, that last uh, that last push. Got to get some sleep and uh, and get out of there on time. Yeah. So, so we'll do it again next year. Right. <laughs> yes. yep. Now we wait. we know the country a little bit better. We know more, a little bit more of what to expect, and uh, we know what kind of raft to buy next time. For We're all sure. taking water wings in. Yeah. Water wings in. <laughs> yeah. Um, now we'll be a lot more prepared for all those little things that we just didn't know about. So yeah, overall it was it was the highlight of my year. Really, it was a great trip. Yeah, it was every part of it. Man. It was difficult. They had a ton of little challenges and just uh, you know times where we weren't really sure how we were gonna where we were gonna go or how we were gonna get there, but we got there. So yeah, not a bad place to spend a birthday. I yeah. wouldn't mind doing that for the next fifty years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Yeah, he like Donna Jack and <laughs> three rack of Coors and a couple of pies. I'll be ninety five. I'm not gonna make it, buddy. <laughs> It'll be the next Don and Jack, man. It'll be yeah. perfect. Yeah. It'll be there. I'll bring a pie. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's there's a few places where uh, you know you, Joe and I have places where we want to go back to every single year, 
and this is one of those places. It, it's probably not going to be the same strip, but it'll be somewhere, you know, in some wilderness where we can kind of fly in, and we know that we're going to have opportunity to get away from from people and just explore. So that's that's kind of what we're looking to do, and this will probably be a you know an annual trip for us from here on out. Hopefully, with everybody. I don't think it really matters where you go in there. You know, I mean, um, no, I, I any would, one of those strips as I don't long think as your strip was probably the best strip, but I don't think so it was a, no. it was it was where we were, and it's not one of the better deer strips. No, too. we made the best of it. So, yeah. Yep. Anybody got anything else to say, Eric? You didn't get to tell your story. Yeah. Did you guys? Kind of shared we're, it a we're little probably bit. Probably a little end of the podcast. I was thinking I haven't even told my story either. Mm. Oh, yeah. What's your story? No, go ahead. Um, gosh, what was that? Day four. four my five. buck. Yeah, we just kind of. We were heading to help him. Five. Day five. That's right. Yeah, we were heading to help Scott out with uh, packing out his bull. We already touched on how it quickly turned to your birthday, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so the story's already been told. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great, it was a great day. So, what's your story? My story? Yeah, let's hear yours. Well, Scott beat me up the first two days. <laughs> we, uh, I don't know. From the start, you know, you think you have to get as far away as possible to kill a mature big buck. You know, everybody's going to be that three-mile circles, what, three to five people are willing to do, I think. So Scott was like, hey, buddy told me about this spot. It's down this way, a ways. (laughs) And I'm on the map. I'm like, okay, it looks doable, you know. But So we start huffing it, and, I mean, I I packed... uh, Big spotter, tripod, camera, extra lenses, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And you know, probably halfway into that hike, every time we'd hit any sort of climb, Scott would just pull away from me. I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to do my pace. I'll catch him on the downs. And that's pretty much how it went. We got into, I don't know, would we do 10 miles the first day mm-hmm. to get to camp? And then we hunted. Uh, I kind of felt like I wasted a couple days in there. Uh, I want to say excuses, but excuses in a way of just, oh, the weather's not perfect, you know, but it can only take five seconds for a window, and you might see a monster. So I felt like I wasted a couple days in there just not pushing it as hard as I would have liked to, looking back. But I also didn't want to shoot a buck on the first day, second day, third day. Like, I don't know, part of me wanted that experience of shooting a last-day buck. So, it finally rolled down to the last day, and I had all intentions of going to the very top of where we stopped, and we saw that big buck, and I was going to camp out overnight. I kind of tried to nonchalantly ditch you guys (laughs) in a a nice way, because I was like, I kind of wanted to do it by myself, for myself at at a point, and we, we started hiking. We got in about five miles. And Paul spotted a buck up in the fog. And he's like, hey, it looks like a good four-point. And I sat down, and I, I didn't want to go there. Just, it didn't. It wasn't what I wanted at that point. I sat down, and I'm going to make lunch. So I made lunch. I ate. I looked at him. I was like, let's go. It's like, let's go do it. So we started hiking up. We got up to the top where we thought the buck might have worked on the backside. 
we all kind of glassed a little bit. It just wasn't a good spot for glassing. And I threw on the pack down, had the rifle set up, and uh, Eric just kind of, big buck, big buck. And I just, at that point, for whatever reason, something ticked in my head, and I was like, yep, this is it. I grabbed the gun, threw it up, didn't look at antlers, didn't look at anything. Being with those two is exactly where, where I wanted to be at that point. I shot him 133 yards, dropped him right there. And uh, that was the perfect hunt for me. Taking yeah. it down to the wire. Ended up doing it with my two best buddies there, being able to share that moment, take pictures, laugh, hug, and just kind of reminisce. All three of like, us. I mean, we all three kill awesome. our bucks yeah. together every time. Yeah, was, that was yeah. pretty cool. And I mean, the start of that climb that morning, afternoon, or whatever it was, I had full intentions of, I'm going back to where there's a foot and a half of snow. I'm camping by myself. I'm going to be cold. I don't care. I'm going. That's what I wanted to do. So it was kind of cool to one eighty it, and it was cool it for Eric out. and I too. Because I, I mean, I know him just as well as me. We were we were toast. We were we were mentally burnt out. I think at that point, or getting real close to it. Mm-hmm. And you know, having us already tagged out and still pushing because we knew how hard and how far you wanted to go. It was uh, it was awesome to have it the way that five minutes had turned so quick from this hill so steep to you know <laughs> high five and hugging and yeah exactly yeah it was awesome. So we actually passed Scott that night after that. Yeah, this leads yeah, right into Scott's right, body. Yeah. Right where Scott mm-hmm. shot his. Yeah, we kind of crossed through the same saddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in happenstance. And I said, I'm going to the top right up here. It looks bucky to me. Yeah. You ran up and there and shot a buck. Yeah, there was going to be something die that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of. That's what he said. Too. Something's <laughs> dying. <too. laughs> I was marching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was on a mission. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We don't have the crazy cool. uh, near-death experience as you guys, but uh, you can do it. You can have it next year. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd like to push it more. Yeah. I don't think I want to get to the point to where I'm thinking about my daughters and you know, yeah. I'm not having a I don't father, want but <laughs> I think definitely uh, more baby time yeah. Yeah. versus yeah. definitely well tent. Yeah. A couple noodles for crossing the river. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool noodles. Yeah. I mean, the more we go there over the next few years, we'll learn yeah. how to be safer yeah. and mm-hmm. how to navigate in that country, you know, Definitely. how to pack for it, how to, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what we should do, um, wrap this thing up, probably go around, everybody give just some final thoughts on what you got out of the trip. Jeff. Uh, yeah. I mean, my final thoughts are for one, you two guys are animals, mm-hmm. Joey, Ryan, I think, uh, just being in your presence alone. Uh, I think that energy feeds off all of us. And it makes us want to be that type of hunter, you know. So that's what I get out of it. Even Scott, I mean, dude, you're trucking those freaking mountains. It, it's, did it. I mean, it, every single time anybody that we don't hunt with a lot, you just like, man, we get, we got to step it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're fairly new, I guess you could say. So it's like a stepping stone, a stepping stone, but yeah, it's time to jump. You kind of get in that comfort level of, you know, us three always hunt together. We know what we're going to do, but it was awesome kind of hunting with you guys and Scott and pushing, seeing what you guys do. 
and how you looked at certain spots. Oh, this is why I thought this was good. And I learned a ton, like just looking at maps or looking at areas you guys were in and, Oh, it makes sense why there's actually a lot of deer there, you know? Um, so from that aspect, it was huge. And for me, it was kind of going into it. It's like, I'd talk to you guys all on text and that, yeah. I mean, 10 days with the guys you don't, I've never really hunted with. You never really know. It could have been, could have been terrible, mm-hmm. but it was awesome, you yeah. know? And I was, I'm looking forward to, uh, to doing it again. It was a pretty awesome trip. Well, for me, I mean, I, I think I alluded to it before, but I mean, it's, there's no, uh, that mountain toughness is something that, um, is incredible. And, and actually, to be quite honest, you three, I mean, you're young men. We're the we're the old farts. What do we call ourselves? The elders or something? The elders, <laughs> yeah. You know, but you three are all, you know, thirty or less, and you are as tough as they come. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, you you guys gritted it out. You hunted hard every day. You know, and it was fun to watch. It was it was um, I guess inspiring as the old guy to see that young guys still want to work hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you guys you guys did it, man. And and I've not hunted. I hunted mostly by myself, um, mostly because probably from being just stubborn and it's kind of hard to share a hunt with guys because you always seem to want to do something different, right? But I, I found it incredibly enjoyable to spend that nine days with all of you guys. The little bit of time, yeah. you know, when we weren't out doing our own things or whatever, but it was, I've never come out of a hunt saying all five of those guys are rock stars and I would hunt with them anytime. There's been times where you leave the camp and you're like, oh, never again. You know, so it was, it was pretty cool. Like we've said, I've had a, I had a blast. And I think watching you two, Ryan and Joey, just is, it's, it's a learning experience. And it's just, uh, you guys just have this, like, aura about you where you don't even have to talk to learn from you. You can kind of just watch you. I mean, and for guys like us. talk about that a lot. Yeah, like for guys, just being behind you guys you on guys a hill, just watching. Walking, the, yeah, how you guys would look. The way you guys look at a hill is totally. Stop and look at different places. It was pretty yeah i learned a lot yeah i mean coming out of that with just that is huge and you guys both being kind of more solo hunters like i i wasn't sure how it would go with all six of us i didn't know if ryan wanted to be like oh tell these nerds to beat it this isn't going the way it should be going (laughs) (laughs) as we're sitting there you know playing army ranger on the hill every time we fall yeah i know yeah i forgot about it yeah we touched on that a little bit yeah no i mean just the whole thing worked perfect and you know you can have one guy who's getting the group down maybe but i think with us it only takes one guy to get all five guys to go one spot and Mm -hmm. that's that's huge and as far as the team goes and I mean, yeah, we're not hunting all six together, but even coming back to camp at night, and like I look forward to coming back to a wall tent and just mm-hmm. hanging out and telling stories. We all stink. It's you know dirty and nasty, and we're still having the best time of our lives. And yeah. that's liners like, coming from you all night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it was a hard trip to beat. I mean, I don't have nearly the bucks you guys have on the wall, but the bucks I do have on the wall. When I look at the one that I have from from the Frank, it definitely hits a different spot compared to the others. Yeah, you know, awesome. Yeah, for me, I'm hunting with Ryan or by myself. So to go with a big group of guys that, um, you know, you know, but you don't know really well yet, uh, kind of the same thing, you know, you just don't really know. But man, I, I had such a good time and I, I could use some more wall, you know, base camp time <laughs> just hanging out with you guys. It was awesome. You guys made an awesome awesome camp too man ryan and i just got to fly in 
Two big giant tents set up. Everything was ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. We had it immediately, huh? Yeah. The work's going to have an extra load next year. Yeah. Right? It's all starting to sound way too much like a bromance. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I reiterate what, what Joe just said there as far as, you know, such a great group of guys. Joe and I have done these these hunts for forever, it seems like. We're either doing it solo or we're doing it together. So, um, yeah, to just kind of see you know, the atmosphere and, and how it was going to work with uh, four other gentlemen was was going to be different, and it, it just worked out awesome. Um, like I said, there's there's a lot of comedy with this group, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just, it was fun to be around camp. And, you know, he's right. It, we spent a lot of the time away from the base camp, but it would have been a lot funner to have a couple more nights with you guys just hanging around and, <laughs> Aaron Paul and Eric go back and forth because they're just goofy. Um, they're like sisters. Yeah, yeah that's it. Like about brothers. They're like sisters. Uh, there's some one-liners that. Yeah. As far as the rest of the trip, I, you know, I think going into this, it was uh, it was one of those that I was a little nervous about. it. you know, it's it's a it's a huge wilderness, and I'd never been in there. Um, I've hunted around the edges of it, and you knew what you know, what potential could be, but new country is always a little nerve wracking and, you know, not knowing what the weather was going to be like. Joe and I both discussed it. We're just going to give it all we had and do everything that we've done on other hunts and see if it translates to this place. You know, I think it's just the same old story. It it worked because we just uh, gave everything we had. You know, we, we got that distance between folks. We kind of researched a little bit as far as spots that look pretty good to us. Just hard work, really, is all it was. And, and usually that's how it, how it ends up at the end of the hunt. You know, whether we're just extremely fortunate and lucky, but, you know, we've had a lot of these great experiences. And this was uh, at the top of the heap, I would say, um, just because that's exactly what we had both hoped going into it. It was going to pan out. That was, that was like the dream trip, really. Um, to take a couple of mature bucks out of that country with a great group of guys. So we really got everything that we wanted and then some out of this trip. And it wouldn't have been nearly as much fun if it would have just been you and me. Nah, I know your stories. Yeah, it's been (laughs) way... I've heard your jokes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but anyway, so, yeah, just overall a great trip, Um, you know, Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a lot more in the future, and uh, hopefully with the same group of guys. Maybe not the same place, but you know, you know, some the, wild country. The toughest part is when you go back home, and when you're really close to he's like, "Hey, can I come on that hunt with you?" And hmm. Like, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think anybody's yeah. leaving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right, well, let's wrap this up. I think we, uh, yeah, we're about two hours now. So, yeah. I think we got it all. I think we got it all out there. That's the story. Cool. 2017 um, Idaho wilderness hunt.